Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Subcockles of Reddit. You've got Buck and Sadar here, and uh, we have a uh, special uh, a special episode today. Something so, new we're trying, you know, just to see yeah, how Yeah, yeah. So, again, welcome back to the Subcockles of Reddit with Buck and Sadar, your one-stop station for online vindication. And hopefully one of these weeks coming up in the future i actually get this intro right but tonight we are doing grass and grapes we've got grass and grapes episode tonight folks because sadar brought wine and buck brought the vine and we're gonna do just fine and it's gonna be a great time and and i'm done with the rhymes hopefully at least one of us can finish some thoughts by the time we get to our last article of the night so you ready you know, to dive in is... Oh, oh my God, this is just, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're starting off with r slash relationship advice. I, 30 male, have been financially assisting my brother, 26 male, for a number of years. How can I reduce the financial assistance while retaining our relationship? Growing up, I had a good relationship with all five of my siblings, my, but my younger brother and I were very close. After I led, left home at age 17, there were a number of years I could not communicate with my younger brother due to him still being at home and parents being super controlling. Context before moving on, I live on the East Coast and my brother lives on the West Coast. I have a family, wife and daughter. When my brother did leave home, he was initially fine. Then he met a girl and they moved into a house together. A year later, she kicked him out. He was left with no savings and couch surfing. That incident was three years ago. I helped him get an apartment security deposit plus first month's rent, and he will reach out periodically for financial assistance to pay an electric bill or to afford gas this month. I've always paid with no expectation to be paid back. In total, I've given him somewhere around 8K. We recently, well, recently, with the economy being what it is, he has been asking for money a bit more. I'm feeling stretched. I need to have a hard conversation with him about the financial assistance but I don't want to ruin our relationship. I love him and I want to help him. I want to offer him alternative assistance like you can live with me until you get some money saved up, etc. Thank you for reading. Any thoughts? Any thoughts, Buck? Well, you know what? Um, I want to start off by saying that any time you have to purchase the love of another human being, it's not worth it. Okay, it doesn't matter who it is. And I'm not saying that your brother is demanding financial assistance either. But if you're really, really expecting him to, that, to have that reaction, that it would affect your relationship poorly, I, I would just remember those words. Like, if, if you have to buy somebody's love, it's, it's not worth it. You know, love should be given freely. And and that's what I'll start with. Now, as far as helping your siblings out and stuff like that, I come from a nine kid family. Mm -hmm. you know, I've got I've got I've got my parents actually had ten children, but of my siblings that are alive and well, there are nine of us. And so, you know, there have been times where my siblings fall on hard times, and my my door is open and my checkbook is open and. My resources are available up to a certain point. And, you know, once once I reach that point, like, 
I don't I don't yank the rug out. Like if you when when you're gonna you can't cut this person off. Like that would be cruel. But if you give them like, you know, a month, be like, hey man, next month, like I'm not saying I'm not gonna help you at all, but I'm not gonna be able to help you as much. You know? I you you're talking about cutting financial assistance. Like Re cutting it and reducing it are two different things. If you cut it, do a reduction over time. That would be my suggestion. And as far as his reaction goes, you know, it's it's really hard and it sucks, but it's also really low class to expect your brother to float your life because you've had it hard. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, your brother can't expect that from you, realistically. And if he does and wants to bastardize you in any way, shape, or form because of your decision to take care of you and your own first, then your brother's a real piece of shit anyhow. And again, if you have to buy that person's love, it's not worth having. I, so, I agree. I, uh, if you have to buy somebody's love, it's not worth having. I would... Um, I can really... It, it sounds to me like OP really does care about his brother, which is lovely. Um, I would encourage him to talk to his brother about the current financial situation before the next time his brother asks him for money. Don't be surprised mm -hmm. if he uh, isn't receptive to your offer to have him move across country to move in with you for a while. I mean, it's awesome that you and your spouse are willing to make that offer. That's really generous, I think. But a cross-country move is pretty big. You could try to sell it by saying that um, the West Coast is an incredibly expensive place to live in most instances. And there are, depending on where you are on the East Coast, it might be less expensive for him to try to make a life for himself um, and get his feet under him. But um, now, at the yeah. same time, though, with clever planning, with cost of living being higher on the West Coast, mm -hmm. wages are also typically higher, too. So exactly. if he were and, and this is this is this is this is just real napkin math here. And I'm not saying that this is even feasible or in the realm of reality, but it is a possibility. You go, you live with your brother for for, you know. A, a finite period of time, whatever that is, and you save up money. You get a job, you save up money. Mm -hmm. Give your brother a little bit of slice of cheddar for your board costs. You know, your cost, like the cost of you actually being there. I mean, like you know, pay a little utilities, give the guy a little slice of pie for rent. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But really, save the bulk of everything you have. You're already established over here on the East Coast. Maintain a few good relationships, and when you've got a nice little cash cow. Get your bop your ass with a nice little padded resume with good experience on there from having a steady job. Come back over here to the East Coast with your with your piggy bank. Get yourself a nice digs, nice pad. Bada bing, bada done, and you know you've turned you've turned your life around. Now again, you know there's a lot more nuance to it than that, but except uh, the know. OP is the one that lives on the East Coast, and it's his brother that lives on the West Coast. Great sentiment, well, but you got the coasts reversed, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Either way, that's why I said it was napkin math. Okay. Next time I go off on a tangent like that, just 
just pump the brakes on me. I, I, I'm like people can't see that I'm handicapped. Now I just sound like an announcer. <laughs> well, you sound like you've been hitting the vine. That's, <laughs> but that's well, okay. That's, you know what? That is that is true. That is kind of like the purpose of this. Yep, that's um, okay. And we're only this is this is what our first story. That's okay, Buck. You're gonna keep rolling on. This, yeah, this is, is this our, our first or a second. This is okay. our first. Okay, you were. Yeah, I'm already so stoned. I can't fucking remember if this is our first or our second story. This is starting off great. Okay, I've got good news. I am in the driver's seat. So. <laughs> oh, oh uh, you know what? I haven't driven in years and I love it. All you have to do is sit there with your tongue out the window, okay? Damn right. The snozberries taste like snozberries. All right, we're going to stick with our slash relationship advice when we go to yet another throwaway account. My twenty, uh, I, 22 male, my girlfriend, 22 female, is mad at me because I changed my sister, 24 female's diaper. I am from Asia, so sorry for bad English. I live in the U.S. as a student, and my American girlfriend of two years is mad at me because I changed the diaper of my disabled sister. So here's what happened. Last week, I came back to my country to visit my family, and yesterday my parents had to call, had a call that my grandpa, who lives in a city far away from my parents, broke his back by tripping over water, so they had to immediately go there. They left me with my sister because they can't take her to a hospital as she is completely disabled since birth. She is like a one-year-old in the body of a 24-year-old. After a few hours of them leaving while she was playing with her toys, she came to and started she started crying. After I made sure that she didn't hurt herself somewhere, I started smelling that she had pooped. So I called my mom to ask what to do, and she told me where the diapers are and uh, where other stuff like wipes, anti-rash powder, etc. are. I realized that in the wipe pack, there was only one wipe left, so I called my friend from school who owns a local pharmacy to send some, somebody by with baby wipes. The wipes got delivered in 30 minutes, and I changed her diaper. After some time, my girlfriend called and asked me what I was doing, so I told her that I changed my sister's diaper. Her tone changed from the loving tone that she had when she called me. So I asked what's wrong, and she asked if I changed her diaper regularly. And I said yes a few times, because my dad was in the army, so it was me and my mom mostly taking care of my sister. After I went to America for studies, my dad retired and came back home, and he started taking care of my sister with my mother. Then my girlfriend started asking questions about my sister hitting puberty and getting her periods. She asked me if I touched her genitals, so I told her that I wiped them with wipes. I thought she was genuinely interested, so I answered all of the questions, and then she went silent for a minute or two, and when I begged her to talk, she started accusing me of having an incestuous relationship with my sister. Today, she called me and said that she needs time and also called my dad a sicko and said, what father in his right mind would want to see his grown adult daughter naked? I've tried contacting her, but she's not answering my texts or, or calls. Wow. Okay. All right. The, who, your, your girlfriend's a piece of shit. I'm just letting you know that right now. I'm letting you know that right now. I am speaking to you from the chair of a disabled person mm -hmm. in real time. And I am, I am letting you know right now that there is nothing worse, no worse feeling that I can describe to you than sitting in your own shit for any amount of time. 
Okay. And I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be dignified about it. Okay. I have shit myself and I do so on the regular, you know, like not every day, not even every week, but you know, about once a month, you know, I just can't get there. Just can't. And you know what? It's vile. It's vile to sit there in your own filth. So the very fact, and I wouldn't care who changed me at that point in time. I am, I, I have all my wits and faculties about me, and I wouldn't care if it were a perfect fucking stranger. As long as they are, you and I are both consenting adults, and we agree that needs this needs to be done, and you want to roll up your sleeves and get to work and help me, let's do it. Because I don't want to sit in my own filth. I don't care how your sister is disabled or what level of disability she is. Not even kids like to sit in their own fucking shit. That's why babies cry when they need a diaper change. So you know what? If she's got a problem with you changing the diaper of a person who cannot, is not even close to able to doing these things on their own, and you are going to lovingly make sure that this is done, and somebody's got a problem with it and wants to tell you you're having an incestuous relationship, then they can go take a flying fuck. Best case like, scenario, I don't give a... best case scenario um, your girlfriend has a lot of fucking growing up to do because how the hell do you think families take care of disabled family members? I mean, <laughs> like, what else, is, yeah. what else is there? Worst case scenario, this makes me wonder if... Um, your girlfriend doesn't have some uh, history of being molested. I mean, that, that for me, would at least be enough to ask the question. But either way, your girlfriend is way, way out of line. Nothing that you've done is out, um, inappropriate. And yeah, answer the questions, because it's not like, You've done anything wrong. That's that's life. Sometimes life is ugly, and sometimes it's smelly, and sometimes it's gross. And that mm, oh that's, yeah, that is just freaking life. And your twenty-two uh, female girlfriend just doesn't seem to get that. Hopefully, at some point she does, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'd have trouble moving past that. I mean, like, think about it. I, well, you you could think about it because you know what? The last time that we saw each other in person, not 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 the time in Virginia here in Chantilly, but when you came and visited caregiver Katie and I in South Carolina, uh, it was before I had my bladder surgery, mm -hmm. and I and I ended up pissing myself in the middle of a park in South Carolina. Couldn't hold it, could, and it just it just happens. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It just you roll with it. You roll with it. You know, yeah. and and that's just it at the end of the day. I remember we had a great time of it, too. I remember I pissed myself. I was sitting there with wet pants. I called your kids over, and I was like, all right, guys, dump this water on top of my head. <laughs> they were like, what? You remember that? I was yeah. like, dump this water on top of my head. Your kids looked at me, and they were like, uh. And I was like, no, I'm being, I'm being serious. Like, I want it to look like I'm wet. I don't want it to look like I peed myself. So... You know, let's have let's let's turn this situation into something we can make fun fun of later. You know, this doesn't have to be a tragic event. We can turn it into a great Thanksgiving story. Let's go. Grab the water, douse the buck. Bada bang. <laughs> and and the whole who what father wants to see um see their daughter naked? I mean, 
The same can be said of parents and grandparents. I, towards the end of her life, I saw my grandmother, uh, grandmothers in other regions because she needed assistance with diapers and my mom was a champ, but I uh, assisted on some of those cases. I assisted my mother with uh, restroom visits after she had major surgery. I mean, life is yucky. And sometimes people need help with the most basic of things. Even people who are normally fully uh, abled, which your sister is not. So your girlfriend needs to get a, get a clue. Because obviously she doesn't have one right now. Anything? No, I mean, like, we could seriously go back and forth. I mean, even my kids have helped clean me up after I shit myself. It's no fun. You think you think me as as the dad want want one of my kids looking at me at seven and nine years old and going, okay, if caregiver Katie's going to clean you, we'll clean the floor and the couch. And I'm like, geez, you know what? I've got some great freaking kids. Yep. You know, it's just like. You know that's that's what this boils down to. It's like you don't your your girlfriend doesn't realize what she has as a girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. you're ride or die. Look mm-hmm. at the, it's like what if something? I, you know, I'll tell you, there's no value you can place on somebody who's gonna stay with you and love you even when your body goes to shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's like I I have a caregiver who who loves me and takes care of me in every way that, that somebody could, could care for another person. And I'm very fortunate in that. There are not a lot of people out there like that. There just aren't. It's not bad, but it's just, you know, this girl's got one in you, and she's acting like a moron over it. I, Sadar's right. I hope she grows up. But like I said, we could go back and forth about this one all day. Yeah. You know, we we, we have a lot of experience in this particular <laughs> arena, so we'll just, we'll just, I, I think it's just best for the sake of uh, timing that we just move on a little. All right. Well, then let's jump over to Am I the Asshole? So from uh, user OKREST6105, Am I the Asshole for deceiving my wife into joining me for my drive to work? I, 37 male, and my wife, 31 female, live in a suburban area. I commute to work to a nearby city every day, and she stays at home. We have no children. My commute is generally about two hours. I can shorten this by 10 to 20 minutes with some good timing and luck, but for the most part, it is a long commute. Now, what has often been a source of friction in my marriage is that nine times out of 10, the moment I step in the door, my wife asks me to do something. She always has some miscellaneous chore that absolutely cannot wait. She wants me to take out the trash, make dinner, wash some dishes, or whatever else. I've told her time and time again that I need a bit of time to unwind from my work, and then I'll happily do it. Last Thursday, after I asked her for time to relax, she said that I had two hours to relax after work. She insisted my commute home was plenty of time to listen to music and unwind. When I explained that driving in traffic was probably more nerve-wracking than work, She said I was just sitting on my butt. This Monday, I woke her up with me and said that I had a special surprise for her. She assumed I had taken the day off of work and we were going somewhere special. She got dressed and we got in the car. I got on the freeway where I told her we were going to spend the next two hours sitting in traffic together 
seeing as she considers that leisure. She immediately got upset at me for lying to her. We argued for about 20 minutes until she stopped responding. Then she started watching Netflix on her phone. Then she asked me to drop her off somewhere or she, so she could use an Uber home. I did not. We got to my office building and she immediately jumped out of the car to find something to do. I went to work as usual, but after I finished, she was nowhere to be seen and not answering the texts. Finally, I called her and she picked up the phone to tell me that she had taken an Uber home in the afternoon and then she hung up on me. Since I did this, she hasn't said more than a word or two to me at a time. She seems to be really upset, but did I take it too far? Oh boy. You know what? I'm not the right person to ask this question to because I lived this for the first 10 years of my first marriage. Well, for the 10 years of my first marriage. Every, every, every day, no matter. And, you know, when I worked for the insurance company that I, that I had a job with, uh, I would spend nine hours a day easy in my car. It just, and it was exhausting. Just, just exhausting. And right walking through the door, my ex-wife would be like, eh, the dishes, eh, the kids, eh, this, eh, that. It's like, you do realize that I'm crippled and I've been like doing this all day. Can I just like come in and just sit down for a second? Mm -hmm. You've been sitting in your car all day long. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I did say yes when you asked me to marry you. So, okay. I guess I made my bed, so I'll sleep in it. So I'm not I'm not the right I'm not the right person to ask because personally I don't think you took it too far but I think that I'm looking at this way too inside of the box. So a little bit Go ahead Sadar. Like go I, ahead and give me some rationale behind this. I think everybody is an immature asshole here. Um I was totally sympathizing with OP because I hate that too. I hate it, hate it, hate it. When uh, the moment I walk in the door, there's somebody standing there, usually somebody pretty short, saying, what's for dinner? And I haven't even set my purse down. I, it just, it, it bugs me more than it should. So I sympathize. I'm also a little indignant that uh, you have no children and your wife is a stay-at-home wife and... She still expects you to start dinner as soon as you get home from being gone for, let's see, eight hours, eight to nine hours of work, plus four hours round trip commute. So after being gone 12 to 13 hours, she wants you to start dinner the moment you walk in the door. In my book, that's horse shit. But regardless, um, so your wife's definitely an asshole, but tricking your wife into driving two hours with you so that she could presumably sit sit in the car and wait for you all day while you were at work uh, and then ride home with you for two hours was not the right way to get your point across. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, I would strongly encourage uh, therapy for this relationship at best because you two obviously cannot communicate in a healthy way at all no no and you know now that now that sadar has kind of like written the math out for me here like i gotta say that this stunt would be great in a movie yeah not and in you know life. how so 
some things in movies just look good in movies and that's the only place they should be in yeah. real life in real life you kind of are a dick yeah but at the same time though your wife is equally if not more a dick than you are so now i mean I, like i you... will say i will say that if you are ready to emotionally check out of this relationship at this point that is a hell of a swan song <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yes it would be but um oh man i don't even oh, want to man. think about what that uber ride costs two hours for a uber yeah, ride but oh man you know you know what though since he didn't bitch about the cost of the uber ride mm -hmm. the man's not hurting for it and if you're driving two hours for a fucking commute i'll tell you what my growing up that's what my dad did we lived in berkeley springs and he commuted to rockville maryland every day so from berkeley springs west virginia to rockville rockville maryland every day every day and he made fucking money he made money because he had to feed a family of 11 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if he's driving that far, you're not hurting for money. I'm not surprised that you paid that paid for that Uber. I got to I got to agree like that like I could see you sitting and driving her around for 2 hours and then going back home or taking her out to lunch or or doing something. You know, but Driving her all the way to your office for work and then to have her sit there all day and wait for you to get off of work and then drive home with you, that's 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 a little that's a little far reaching in my opinion. It's it that that was a little excessive. Everyone sucks. I would I would I yeah, everyone everyone really does suck in that. Okay. Yeah. Sticking with Am I the Asshole from Mundane Morning, 9454. Am I the Asshole for deciding I should not respect my neighbor with how he behaves? So my boyfriend, 32 male, and me, 31 female, have been living in this apartment for a year and a half. And for 13 months, there was not a single problem. I got along well with my neighbors. They liked us. Now the building has all older people. My direct neighbor across is in her 70s. My direct neighbor... Aside is in his 60s and also autistic. Above him lives my problem neighbor. He is in his 50s and has quite the temper. It started first with him coming down to the autistic neighbor in the morning to yell at him. After that, I heard him argue in the hallway over, uh, over that those dogs have to go. It escalated to an argument between us and it has stayed tense ever since. Now, last night at 3 a.m., I got a message from him. I told him to immediately shut my... I got told to immediately shut my dogs up and that he was going to report to my landlord. I drill every day at 1,900 hours into the walls. So, a fucking course, that message woke me up and got me annoyed. My dogs are sleeping in the bed and next to our bed. They were asleep. My boy even straight on my shoulder. I'm sorry, the, the writing on this is just awful. Or I'm more drunk than I think I am. Anyway, so I told him that my dogs aren't barking, and if he hears dogs barking, he might want to see a doctor. I then also continued by telling him that at 1,700 hours, I'm using a smoothie blender to make food for my dogs. 
so he can talk to my landlord all he wants. I also suggested that closing his front door and stop yelling at his wife might lower the noise in the hallway that makes my dogs release a bark or two. Like, seriously, they barely bark. It has gone through uh, the other neighbors already, and only one other person said that they barked a lot, but she withdrew her vote. Now at six, I receive a message from the guy who oversees most of the building. I wasn't wrong, but was very rude to say that the man needed a doctor. I told him that I was no longer apologizing since my security camera has picked up the horrible neighbor knocking on my door and then running off. He is trying to make my dogs bark, I guess. He also apparently does not understand I am home 90% of the time due to a chronic illness, and I have already opened the door in his face when he was about to knock. Now with waking me up at 3 a.m. for a bogus story, I have had it completely. Was I wrong with my comment? Am I the asshole for just not now disrespecting that neighbor and telling him off? You know what? People have arguments. People have disagreements. It doesn't fucking matter. No, I don't think you're the asshole. I, I, think, I think that you got pushed to a point where you were just fed up with shit and you fucking said your piece. And, you know, as long as you don't go firing off like that in a loose cannon everywhere you go, no, I, I don't think you're an asshole. You, you were, in my, if I, if I heard all of that right, you've clearly driven to a point where you just didn't want to fucking deal with it anymore. And you said, you said your piece. And I think for being woken up at 3 a.m., uh, the OP was incredibly polite by just saying, if you're hearing dog barks when there's nothing barking, perhaps you should see a doctor. That That's why you're asking if you're the asshole after being woken up at 3 a.m.? Uh, yeah. No, you're you're not the asshole. Come on. Oh, my God, no. No. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, everybody everybody lives next to to somebody nowadays yeah. you know there are very few of us there are very few of us who get to live off the beaten path you know i live out in the middle of nowhere but i live right above somebody else and you know what we hear each other all the fucking time and you know what there was some turbulence between of us or between us for for about a year and then you know what happened mm -hmm. we just got the fuck over it we just we seriously just got the fuck over it because no matter what, you know, we got we tried to get the landlord involved. We were both bitching about each other. It was a real big to do. Landlord was getting fed up with it. I didn't really give a shit either way. You know, like in my mind I was right and in his mind he was right and I don't even know I don't even remember if there was like a reconciliation talk or whatever. I think we just walked out of our houses one day or I rolled out and he walked out and we were just like, "Hey, how you doing? Want to get high?" <laughs> You know what? As a matter of fact, I do. So, you know, and we haven't had a problem since. You know, it, you, you, regardless, regardless of what happens at 3 a.m. or what happens, you know, with your neighbor, you still, at the end of the argument, must live next to that person. Mm -hmm. Like, keep that in mind. So you didn't fly off the handle. You didn't do anything inappropriate. I shit, I would have said a lot more than just like perhaps you should get your hearing checked. Yeah. You know, or or whatever. Like that that to me is a completely benign remark and a very under 
like uh, I agree it it was a benign yeah. remark my advice to um OP though is for the sake of your dogs when your neighbor's complaining about the noise or if he calls you again at 3 a.m. or something like that put your neighbor on speakerphone and if your uh if your phone has the ability record the conversation uh, uh <clears throat> assuming that you're in a single party um consent state um and that way you can prove that your neighbor's unhinged and your dogs are not making noise. That way, if it does escalate to involving law enforcement, um, you've got some proof that your your neighbor's just nuts. Uh, if things do get really ugly, you um, you might want to contact your autistic neighbor because it sounds like he is also being harassed by the crazy guy. And see if the two of you can, I don't know, convince the landlord that the rent isn't worth the money or um, get yourself some PFAs or something because people, you know be, what? Getting, people, people are crazy. Getting I, the autistic guy on board is a great ploy, Sadar. Yeah, well. Getting the autistic guy. No, that's throwing the cripple card. You throw the cripple card and shit happens. Well, it sounds like no. the the mean neighbor started his harassment with the autistic guy, and now he's just moving down the hallway. Oh yeah, get that autistic guy on the freaking wa rally wagon, man. Go all the way to city hall. You can make a, you can make a mountain move. People, society frowns upon those that are not kind to the handicapped. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. All right, let's let's roll on. Um, Op, you are definitely not the asshole. Not even close. But not even close. Continuing uh, with, am I the asshole? Uh, from Fearless Stake fifty seven thirty four, am I the asshole for not allowing my daughter's boyfriend on our Disney trip? My husband, male forty two, and I, female forty, have been wanting to take our three girls. Female 19, female 18, female 17. Holy crap. Three girls in three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. To Disney World for a while now. And for Christmas, we decided to take the five of us to Disney. The only problem was that my two daughters, female 19, female 18, wanted their boyfriends, male 19, male 18, to come on the family trip. I said no. My oldest has been dating her boyfriend for about a year, uh, four years now. She just moved in with her boyfriend this past year, and they both go to school together. In high school, they took a school trip to Disney, and that was the moment the relationship took off. The boyfriend has been in love with Disney since he was little, and so has my daughter. When they moved in, the boyfriend's family was planning a trip to Disney, but my daughter wanted to wait till they were 21 to go back so that they could drink around the world. So the boyfriend canceled his trip for the sake of the relationship. I didn't wish for the boyfriend to take it personal, but I think he did. On the other, my other daughter's boyfriend wants her boyfriend to go. They've been together for about two years. They both also love Disney. We consider them family and my girls love the boys. We even took them on a trip to Niagara Falls last summer, which is a family trip my family takes every year. Um... And that was the first time we decided that the boyfriends could come. 
My husband is on edge about the two boys to go, uh, was on the edge about the two boys to go, but I'm saying no regardless. Am I the asshole in this situation for wanting this to be an intimate family trip? Just me, my husband, and my girls. Edit. The boyfriends have offered to come up with the money for their portion of the trip. My daughter's boyfriend, male 19, family offered to take her along with them, but the boyfriend talked his father out of it for the sake of their promise. Edit 2. I forgot to add that the male 18 boyfriend has been staying at my house for the past four months since he turned 18. Oh, man, this is a sticky situation. It is sticky, but either way, I don't think you're an asshole. I think that you are completely and 100% entitled to take a vacation with you and just your family. Um, your children, on the other hand, if they insist that their boyfriends go, if my math is correct, you said 19, 18, and 17 are the ages of your daughter. Yes, yes, 19, 18, and, and 17. And we're talking about the 19 and the 18-year-old wanting to bring their daughters along. Well, the last I checked, uh, in every state in the United States, 19 and 18 is the age where you can move out of your house. Unfortunately, you can't buy cigarettes or drink, but you can still move out. You're legally an adult. If you, if you feel that strongly about taking your boyfriend that you don't want to go without him, then don't go. Uh, that's, 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 it may sound harsh, but you know, wh where do you think, where do you think this money comes from? As far as the other kid goes, I already let him, you, you already let him live with you. I think, you know? I think the money is where it starts to get complicated. Um, because the boyfriends have both offered to come up with the money to pay for their portion of the trip. So that takes the money argument away. I think the last, I think once you, your kids hit 18, 19, you can ask for a family trip, but you can't force a family trip, if that makes sense. Um, because they are, they are independent adults. I think the rationale that I, because I, I do truly believe that um, at, at ages much younger than this, your children deserve to uh, an explanation of your reasoning for the decisions that you make. I think my reasoning for saying no on this, uh, in addition to wanting it to be, you know, kind of a last family, possibly a last family hurrah, is, okay, if the 19-year-old and the 18-year-old both bring their boyfriend, that leaves the 17-year-old really, really alone with mom and dad on what's supposed to be a family trip, and it would be awkward, and can't the sisters just be sisters together for one more family outing? That, that I think, would be the argument that I would try to offer. But, man, the edits just keep making it more difficult they're going to pay for themselves and you have the one boyfriend living with you you know or... what i mean e either way either way i still think the guy's in entitled to want a family only trip and i think i think you're right though he can he can ask for it but he can't demand it not mm -hmm. not at 19 and 18 but at the same time though you know, as a dad, I'd feel a lot differently about a son-in-law than I would about a boyfriend. Even though they yeah. have been together for a long time. They have been together for quite a while. We're talking about years here. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 
And OP really says they, at that. OP says they consider both boys family. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, it's it's a tough situation in my opinion. It it really is. It really is. But I can't call the guy an asshole for it. No, I can't. I, I can't either. I I just sympathize that it's a tough situation and. The edits didn't help him. No. The edit, he did not, if he would have stopped before she he put, buck, well, if she, she buck, okay. she, she buck, if she buck, <laughs> if she buck would have stopped before the edits took place, she would have been okay. But no, the, the, the edits kind of like. Uh, they kind of make you look like a yes no mother-in-law post is is what this sounds like yeah more so i mean you know what i'm the more i think about it because even the husband's like well if they're gonna pay for themselves they are kind of like family and the mom's still like no uh yeah but asshole eh, asshole maybe not a little no. bitchy probably no not the asshole the, the, you know the the mom didn't say that she didn't want her youngest to be a third wheel the whole trip, but I would think that probably played into um, some of her reasoning for saying no. I know a lot of times parents have trouble letting go of their adult children. I am absolutely positive I'm going to be that type of mother. It's going to break my heart. It's already breaking my heart, and my kids are not even close to that age. But... um Nah, <sighs> and, and you can, yeah, you know you you paid for it. It's prepaid. If you pay for it, you get to have some say over it. You're not the asshole. I would just encourage you to be really careful in how you explained your reasoning to your kids, so that hopefully this doesn't become a a ravine that it opens in your relationship with your daughters in the years to come. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play the Raz card on this one. I think you're a bit of a bitch, and that you should really, really, really listen to this podcast before you answer your kids, because Sadar gave you the perfect way out of looking like the bitch that you're being. <laughs> like if if you could have somebody script your excuse. Sadar is the person to get to do it. You should start a business of this, Sadar. You should start a business <laughs> of this. Like, no, I, I normally, I normally give the benefit of the doubt to a fault, but this just doesn't pass. It doesn't pass the smell test to me, and it's because of the edits. Okay. Like, I'm going to judge Judy this one. I'm Judge Judy in this one. It's like, yeah, I see what you I see you're being slick there, but no, I'm not falling for this. You know, I'm not I'm not slipping in your goose shit right now. So, but I, no, I mean, yeah. And I just feel yeah. compared, yeah. compelled to share that I, I don't get the Disney thing, but some people do. So whatever. I, I just, yeah, I, I think it's weird. I went that to I, medieval times. Eh, given the option, I'd, I'd go to Universal, but I've never been to either. And frankly, even before the global pandemic, the thought of crowds of that magnitude kind of made my insides churn. So <clears throat> anyway, moving on, still with Am I the Asshole, a 
vertigo guy one um would i be the asshole telling a visiting friend i don't want his dogs in my home now buck we've shared previously you and i are both big dog fans so buckle up Mm -hmm. let's see what we think about this one I have a friend who's a trucker that will be rolling through my city this weekend. Whenever he visits, he stays with me so he doesn't have to sleep in his truck. We hang out and he cooks for us. We have a good time. Now here is would I be the asshole. He has three 20 plus pound dogs. I have cats. My cats do not like dogs. He doesn't use kennels, so they're free roaming my apartment. I suspect that they aren't actually housebroken. He would just let them out whenever he was at rest stops. The last time he was here, one of his dogs just squatted in my living room and opened up his butthole. It also pissed a few times. No indication was given that it needed to go out. I also would have to raise up and reposition the cat boxes, since his dogs apparently like kitty truffles. Gross. I sincerely do not want his dogs in my apartment, but since they're traveling with him in his truck, there's no way to board them anywhere, especially just for one night. My cats aren't familiar with dogs, and they were all hidey for days, even after he left. I'm excited he's here, but the fact that he's got his dogs with him brings any joy to a screeching halt. Edit, quick edit. He only told me last night that he's passing through. Am I the asshole? Or would nope. I beat the asshole? Nope. Yeah. nope, nope, don't think so at all. I do not think so at all. I'm a dog owner, and I travel with my dogs, and I make it very clear that I have them. And I make very clear that if it is not okay that they come to somebody's house, that I won't be there either. We can meet at a restaurant. We can, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just I have my dog. And my dog is a part of my family. It doesn't have to be a part of yours. You don't have to look at it as a part of your family. But if you're not going to extend the same courtesies to my family as you are to me, when I'm traveling with my family, you and I just won't see very much of each other. Now, on the uh, now, also, my dogs are very well trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bark a little bit because they're chihuahuas. You know, they, they bark like hell. I can't, you can't break them with that. I have a chihuahua that plays fetch. Somebody beat that. Okay. But at the end of the day, they don't run amok in people's houses either. You know, there's, there's a vast difference between a house broken and well-trained dog and a dog that squats and takes a dump on your carpet and gets into all your cat stuff and really fucks up your apartment. I mean, like, you must be really good friends with this guy if you if you put up for it as long as you did. Because as a dog owner, I wouldn't put up with somebody else's dog coming in here and shitting on my fucking carpet. Especially if you're my a dog... renter. I mean, that, yeah. that risks your own... Uh... Security yeah. deposit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that alone makes the OP not the asshole. But also, right. we, we've talked extensively about, you know, my dog is part of my family. I love my dog. If you don't like my dog, then screw you. Um, you don't have to come to my house. The same goes for cats. Your cats, that is their home. There's no reason that you feel should feel obligated to make your cats absolutely miserable just to accommodate your friend's pets. 
Um, I again, I think that's yet another reason why OP is would not be the asshole. Yeah. You know? So I, it, I agree. It it stinks, and I'm sorry you might miss a visit from your buddy, but um, I get it, yeah. and I think you're well within your right to say I'd love to see you, but I don't think this trip's going to be an option. You know, it, it's it's funny you say that. You know, caregiver Katie is deathly allergic to cats, and mm -hmm. her dad has like three of them. And every time we go to Georgia, she tries to soldier through a night or two with staying in her dad's house. But she can't do it. She can't do it. Tell and she has I, to tell her dad. Tell her I can sympathize. I am also deathly allergic to cats, and my parents have two. <laughs> right. And it's just like she goes over there, and, you know, they wonder why. Oh, well, how come you never stay here longer? How come you never stay here longer? You always run off and go stay with your grandmother. When she lived there. Now you go and stay with your sister. you know, Or you even go and stay in a hotel before you stay here. Why is that? Well, caregiver Katie has to go because I can't be around your cats. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm not going to ask you to board your cats. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Yep. You know, you try That's to keep their house. Well, we'll, you know, we, well, we keep them upstairs. We'll keep them upstairs. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. We go there. We keep them upstairs. And the last time we stayed there, the cat came down got out of a room, the room that they locked her in, came downstairs, got on top of caregiver Katie on the couch while she was sleeping, and fucking dropped a deuce and pissed all over her. Oh my gosh. And, and you know, and it's like, that, and that's the point that I'm going to make. Your pets hold a fucking grudge. Oh, well, they don't care. I'll just lock them in the room all day. It's like, what do you mean? Would you care if somebody locked you in a room all fucking day? Like, oh, well, you know, you like to play with video games and stuff like that. Well, you know what? They don't have that. They have their balls and their cat toys and the stuff they fuck with around the house all day. And you're not giving them access to it. Why? Because of a friend? You got to live with a cat every single day. You know, we respect that. We, we don't, we don't, we don't bastardize people for it. It's like, okay, well, you got cats. We just can't stay the night. Yep. That, that's I mean, really that's, all there is to it. It's and you know your dogs—they're not well trained. They run amok and they destroy my shit. They can't stay in my house anymore. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. It's like okay, well you know what? We're good enough friends to where you know what? Instead of you know, I'll come over and cook for you, and the dogs will hang out in the backyard, and at the end of the night I'll get in my truck and drive on off. You know whatever. You know I don't even—that uh, might be an option. Leave the dogs in the truck so that he can at least visit for dinner. I don't know what the weather is like where OP is, but maybe OP could offer to make a picnic meal and they could go to a park somewhere or something and catch yeah. up. Yeah. Or even go to a restaurant together to catch up. I know it's not a home-cooked meal, but there might be some other options for a quick in-and-out visit, but I think your buddy is still going to have to sleep in the truck with his dogs. Right? And that's the price you pay. You know, yeah. if you're going to bring a four-legged traveling companion with you, you Could, can't, you can't, you know, you just can't expect the world to roll out a red carpet for them. Not everybody loves a dog the way that some people do. And I am duly impressed by a truck driver that's got three dogs over 20 pounds riding along in his cab with him. That's, that's a commitment to your dogs, man. Yeah. And it leads me to believe that those dogs actually aren't trained at all. Yeah. Especially it's just snippet. easy. It, it, it's yeah. just easy to clean up after a dog when they only have six square feet 
of space to take a shit in. Okay. It's like, oh, well, they always shit in the corner. It's, well, you're there's only so much space in your like it's a dog. They're not stupid. Of course, they're gonna shit in the corner of a six foot space. They're gonna <laughs> maximize their area. Yeah. It's like, you know, when they got a twenty foot space, they're like, oh, well, right here in the middle, it's good as any corner. Fuck it. You know, just. No, you're not the asshole. If you don't want a dog running amok in your place and fucking up your shit and messing with your cats, yep. Don't 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 put your cats through that. They were there before the dogs, and they love you more than your friend does. They just can't tell you. So, yeah. Okay. We've got one more. Am I the asshole, Buck? You ready? All right. All right. Dive right in, Sadar. Okay. From Exciting Code 1357, am I the asshole for not taking in my parents' adopted son? Throwaway account. I'm a 28-year-old male. I had an average childhood. My parents provided everything, but nothing extra. When I was 17, they decided to adopt another child, Chris, 7-year-old male. I went to university at 18 and moved out. My parents told me they could not financially help me because they have another child now. I admit I resented that. I had to work and go to college. For the first two years, I couldn't get into university dorms, so I had to rent, which was much more expensive. I can't count how many times I hadn't eaten for two to three days. It was horrible when I consider that the worst experience of my life. It got easier after I got into dorms, but I still couldn't afford anything extra like going to a party or such. In all this, all these years, I slowly distanced myself from my parents, and I don't see Chris as my brother. To this day, we see each other max two times a year, even though we live 25 minutes away. They don't even know I married my partner. This happened at Christmas dinner. In the middle of dinner, my parents told me that Chris is going to university in the same city I live, and if he could stay with me. They would pay for rent and expenses. Now, I live in a townhouse in the middle of all faculties. I am in a prime spot. I don't rent rooms, but if I would, rent would be the highest in the city. I was triggered when my parents said they would pay for him, so I said that they can't afford to rent a room in my place and to look elsewhere. All family there were shocked by my response, and my parents were somewhat taken aback. Since then, a couple of family members told me that I'm an asshole for not helping my family. My parents texted me to consider and help my brother, and that he's very upset his big brother won't help him. I told them that he is their son, but he is not my brother, and I have no obligation towards him. Even Chris texted me and begged me to reconsider, but I just ignored him, and everyone else for that matter. The problem is my partner, who is a good, kind soul, and is starting to get to me. So, what do you think? I have lots of feelings about this book, but you go ahead. What do okay. you think? Well, you know what? I'm not going to touch base on the relationship that you have because it's an adopted child versus a not adopted child. I'm just going to focus on the age difference because that kid's still your brother doesn't doesn't matter what you say or what you don't say that kid's your fucking brother and i don't give a shit so get that out of your head and let's just move on with the age gap all right your age gap is quite significant and i can understand you not having a close or endearing relationship with this with this kid and 
you know, whatever, it being an ass pain. But you know what? Your family's asking you for help. You know, opening up your house and letting a family member live with you, I can tell you from personal experience, is a labor of love and sometimes can be a chore. I can understand that you wouldn't want to go down that road. And I'm not telling you that you should. You shouldn't. Nobody should make you feel obligated to let your family live with you. I just, I, I just, I, I really don't, I don't subscribe to that. I, I really don't believe that it's your responsibility to let him live with you at all, period. It's that, that, that's not where I'm leading off with this. I don't like the fact that you're taking the relationship aspect of being like, well, since he's adopted, he's your son, but not my brother. Like that's, 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 that's punching low, man. That's, that's punching real low. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that very much, you know? So regardless, I'm glad that your partner's got some wits about him. I just don't know how, how you would be helpful if you're not going to let him live with you is kind of like where I'm thinking, like, what would be an alternate suggestion if you're not going to let him live with you, but I'm still saying you should help him? What should you do? And I don't, I don't have that answer. So, you know, I'm going to kind of defer to you on this one and kind of hopefully either complete or correct my thinking here, Sadar. I, man, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, first, I don't think it's it's not that unusual for people who are faced with an empty nest to suddenly freak out and say, oh my gosh, we're going to have an empty nest. What should we do? I know. Let's adopt another kid so that we don't have to worry about an empty nest for another couple of years. I don't really blame OP for not being close to his uh, brother. I I do agree that the comment, he's your son, but not my brother, is kind of a low punch, but it's, I think, coming from a point of anger and pain. I'm willing to forgive that. I mean, the fact that OP acknowledges he's your son, to me, that's enough. Totally enough. Uh, the boys didn't grow up together. They haven't lived together. They haven't been a part of each other's lives. I think it's unfair to... Con uh, force OP to consider this person family. I mean, at least any more than you would maybe a cousin that you saw every two years. I think the parents are extreme pieces of shit here. Um, they've, mm. they, they traded their fear of uh, an empty nest for forsaking their uh, first child and leaving him out to dry. And that's kind of it. But well, that in my book is unforgivable. And just take a moment for a round of applause for OP for for powering through those hard years because I am sure that that was an absolute living hell. The the years in college and just pushing through and making a life for yourself. So congratulations to you, sir. That was that is in my book very admirable. As far as not opening his house to his brother by adoption, I don't blame Yeah, him. I don't blame him for that. I don't, I don't blame him for that at all. I, I don't blame you the least bit. One, because you barely know this person. But two, you're barreling down on 30. You're looking at having an 18-year-old college freshman who God knows what kind... I, I mean, co college is the first time most young people get a taste of freedom. 
and they try everything that they shouldn't shouldn't be doing and have never had the freedom to do before. So you're going to be looking at somebody that's potentially coming in and out to what uh play games, go drinking, whatever. I uh, I don't blame you for saying no. And frankly, if you live 25 minutes away from each other, yeah, why that's the heck gonna... why the heck can't your brother commute? Seriously. That's what I'm saying. See, that's why I needed you to finish my thoughts. I just couldn't get off that adopted comment thing that just really grind my gears the wrong way. Like, I know I know you're not a piece of shit, OP, but I just I couldn't come off of it. So I was like, let's 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 say to our drive this car a little bit and hopefully she can get us back on track. Yeah. I mean, 25 minutes. Did anybody give a shit about your commute? Did anybody give a shit about where you lived? Yeah. Did anybody give a shit about any of that? No. No, yeah. they didn't. You help your family out if you want to. Like, I I really do. I really think that, you know, he's your family. If you don't consider him as such, as your business. But I, I personally, I would. And, you know, I'd help the kid out. I really would. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? This place has really cheap ramen noodles like that's that's the help i would give i'd give them like I'd, I'd let them know the tips and tricks of of surviving life i'd be like you know what pro tip all right don't rinse yourself with pee it's not actually sterile uh for the first pass that's a wives tale and it's not safe to drink either so don't do that like i'd give them advice and tips i wouldn't give them i wouldn't give him a place to lay his hat you know, I'd tell him funny stories about shit in the fucking cafeteria uh, or the common areas. Not cafeteria. I never went to college. It shows how much I know. But, you know, you know, the common areas, you know, they shit, shit about that. You know, I'd, I'd share stories about that with the kid. I really would. I wouldn't bastardize him. It's not his fault that your parents are pieces of shit. Yeah. You got to remember that. Yeah. Your parents, your parents are utter fucking assholes. And I can't agree with Sadar more. They definitely, they definitely shut the fucking door on you because you grew up, and now they're like, "Oh, we don't have you anymore. Goodbye. We're gonna get the newest and newest and improvedest model of of child, and we're not gonna adopt a baby. We're gonna adopt a seven year old who's already potty trained and should know the difference between right and wrong." Like it sounds like your parents really vetted this process out. I'm I'm not and... gonna judge anybody on their selection for adopting a child, but. I do think that your parents, it's, it sounds to me a lot like your parents stepped into the adoption process without thinking through their other responsibilities. I really feel for OP on this. I, um, that's why I, I don't want to blame him for not being closer to his brother. I'm, I mean, he's been through a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot in the last 10 years. And Kudo, his parents are shit. And I'm right. Uh, and I know, Buck, you you think fam? I, I think you and I have very different opinions on what family means. I do not think mm. that um, you owe family anything of yourself. Not in a situation like this. And so, I think the reason that I'm my I see a lot of myself in this post. So my brother was not adopted. 
I'm th- uh, there's a three-year, not 10-year age difference. But I left for college when I was 17. And I got through one year of college. And then my parents told me that they couldn't afford for me to stay in college. And I had to come home right away and get a job and help them pay the bills. Because the $50 a month uh, fee that they were paying at the time was just too much for them to shoulder. So I dropped out of college and I came home and I got a job. And then two years later, my parents, uh, well, my mother took me aside and said, listen, you're, you're smart. You'll make something of yourself on your own. Your brother really needs help. Um, and we can't afford to help him. I need you to pay for your brother to go to tech school. And so I did. I paid a couple hundred dollars a month for my brother to go to a, v- a Votech school um, with the understanding through my mother, not my brother, because my brother never talked to me about this, that after he graduated and got a good paying job, he would pay me back over a couple years. I paid for my co- my brother's degree, or at least I think he did graduate with some loans, so I guess he had paid for about half of his degree. Um, I've, that was... 10 12 years ago I haven't seen a cent and uh, I made the mistake of complaining about it once my parents told me I was a complete piece of shit for complaining about it so that's where I am on yeah. that you know and see that's where I think our, 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 our values on family differ because growing up my parents taught us you never under any circumstances, bring up money. Money complicates things. Mm-hmm. Money will ruin a fucking relationship. And, you know, I've helped out brothers of mine uh, when they've fallen on hardships and financial times, and I've never once made an agreement with any of them. Mm-hmm. They've, I've, I've had brothers be like, hey, you know, blah, 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 I'll pay you right back, or I'll pay you back when, you know, when I can, but I really need some help. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You back the truck up right now. I am not a bank. I am not a bank. Mm-hmm. You were my brother. You were, my, and I'm close with my brothers, and that's another thing too. So you know that's why I'm willing to help them the way that I am, even now. You know, because because I do. I grew up with those family values, so that's why we would have those those differences. Because my brothers come to me and ask me for help. You know, on the rare instances that that happens. I'm like, don't, don't, don't build me a watch. Just tell me what time it is. How much money do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, like, just throw a number at me and let me, let me see if it's going to give me sticker shock or not. They throw the number at me and I, I say one of two things. I say, I can help you with this much, but not the full amount because that's too much. Or here you go. Go away. Just don't talk to me about it ever again. We don't have to mention it. Don't talk about it. Don't fucking pay me back. You just forget this ever happened. I'll forget this happened. You're my brother and I love you. And and that's why I still have a great relationship with them. Because anytime any one of us has ever needed to, to have some sort of financial attaboy from another, we just, we grew up that way. It's like, okay, well, you're my family and I will help you because, because I love you and we're close. And, you know, whatever dollar amount you have that, that is affixed to your problems, it's worth more to me for you to have, have problems than it is for me to have whatever X amount of dollars this is in my bank account. So, you know, let's just unfuck whatever you got going on over there and have a nice day. 
you know, my, my, I don't have a problem with anything that OP's saying, you know, I'm saying, oh, well, you know, you gotta help the kid out, help the kid out. That's because I'm a helpful guy and I help everybody. If you don't help them out, you're not a piece of shit and you're not an asshole. You know, your parents, they fucked up here. They fucked up bad. The only thing that I don't like is the fact that, is that you and I have very different family values. And, you know, sometimes I get a little, a little passionate about that and whatever, whatever. That, barring that one difference in, in, uh, in opinion there, I don't think you're the asshole in any of this. At all, period, from start to finish. I think your parents really shit the fucking bed. And you know what? Before we close the bank on this one, okay, I know she's going to explode on me over here on the fucking couch. And if she doesn't get to voice her opinion on this one, she feels very close to it. If she gets up right now and comes over to the microphone, <laughs> I, will, I will let caregiver Katie give her opinion on this because she is my caregiver and loves me and makes me sandwiches and really makes good banana bread and awesome crocheted stuff. And really, like, if she feels this strongly about it, she's telling me to mute it because she's got that strong of an opinion. I'll let, her, I'll let her talk it out. So, go ahead. Caregiver Katie, please get close to the microphone. Closer. Give us your well, not, not uh, yeah. impaired wisdom. <laughs> not impaired wisdom. So, I think... Okay, first and foremost, not the asshole. Not even close. Secondly, um, there should be no expectation for him to... And this is where we're going to disagree. There should be no expectation for him to to just take in this kid. That was his parents' decision to do that. It's not on him. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, you you talk about espousing, you know, family values that you've had, but um, they didn't grow up as family. They don't have that connection, and. I think an aspect of this that we are not considering is the that sense of kind of hurt and betrayal when you see your parents replace you, especially as the oldest kid. Yeah, when you see your parents yeah. replace you and they have a new family, family 2.0. Yep, I know a little something about that. Um. And it's not that you hold any like animosity or ill will towards these, you know, new siblings out of the middle of nowhere. But man, does it really smart when, you know, you see your parents shelling out, um, I guess not parents, but in my case, parent, um, but in his case, parents, mm -hmm. uh, shelling out everything that they couldn't afford for you, yeah. whether they could or could not afford it. Um, is is irrelevant when you when you see them, you know. Even even seeing like, oh, these the, they live by a different set of rules than what they did on you, and you know that's that's rough. That's heavy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's really shitty for everybody in the family to just be like. Oh man, OP, you're such a scal because you, you know, won't jump all in, drink the Kool Aid with us. Yeah, yeah. no. I really yeah, have no. to think that OP's parents. I mean, we're we're getting the story 
them as a collective bunch. But it smells to me so much like there is a narcissist enabler relationship going on here. That mm -hmm. I, Absolutely. I have to think that's probably the type of relationship the parents have. And, and, and the that, narcissist needs somebody to control. Yeah. You so, know what? I, I just want to take a moment to shout out to Mark and Lisa Lynch, my parents. You know, I'm going to put you out by name because you guys are, you guys, you know, we've had our ups and downs. I was a shitty teenager and you were shitty parents at times, but comparatively speaking across the board, you guys loved me. You fed me, you clothed me, you never kicked me out. You never called the cops, never had to fucking beg for your affection. Well, not really beg for your affection. That was never my style anyhow. Like, Such affection that could go around yeah, nine kids. I, I mean, like, you know, you had you had nine kids, like Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we like you guys did great. Mom, dad, I love you guys. You know, it's like good job. Good job, good job, good job. Because these parents, like I you yeah, might what, what kind look, of parents lets their kid not eat for two to three days? Yeah. Because yeah. rent. Well, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I have my my younger brother lives with me right now. Okay. And he is eight years younger than me. Okay. I moved away from home when he was 11 years old. Like he, until he moved in with me recently, you know, because caregiver Katie and I needed some extra help. He moved in with us. It was kind of like a bird and a hippo relationship. He needed help too. And it worked out. He moved in here and you know, I, I don't even know the guy. And that was the first conversation we had to have. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm your brother and I love you. I do. But I haven't lived with you since you were eight, eight, maybe 11 years old, 11 years old. And he just looked at me and he's like, you know what? You're right. I was like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to soldier through this and get through some growing pains. You know? Uh, and the thing is, is that, you know, growing up, I remember the way that my parents handled certain disciplinary situations or financial situations with me compared to how they handled those same exact situations with my brothers who are eight and nine years younger than I am. And all I can think to myself is, is that I grew up in an environment where, you know, I wore my parents out when, <laughs> when I was, when I was, well, no. And you know what? I really did. I, my parents, the first time they had to deal with a piece of shit kid on the magnitude that I was a piece of shit was with me. I'm the oldest boy. You know, by the time my younger brothers all went through the fray, my parents already had tips and tricks on how to mitigate the risks. You know, I was their trial by fire. So, yeah. of course, shit was easier for it, it. Shit was easier for the younger ones. And we were poor as hell when I was growing up. So, of course, when my parents got better jobs and lived higher on the hog, their children at the time who were, you know, the same age that I was when I was poor and couldn't get opportunities. Well, it just turns out that mom and dad have good jobs at that point in time. And they aren't poor and have plenty of opportunities. Can't resent them for that. It's not the kid's fault. You know, well, and it's also like, not uh, a closeness fault either, because in my case, my brother yeah. and I were we were three years apart, but we were super, super, super close growing up. Um, 
best friends, worst enemies, you know, the, the quintessential siblings. And, uh, it was, in my case, it was a narcissist enabler parental relationship. And I was the, the whipping boy and, um, my, Man, they put my, their money on the wrong fucking horse. I'll tell you what. Well, your my, parents put all their money on the wrong horse. My my parent, uh, yes, listeners, I did finally go back to college and get my master's degree. But um, my my parents, my mother in particular, tried her damnedest to destroy the relationship that I had with my brother when we entered adulthood, and I think that. Uh, paying for his college and also paying his car payment while he went to college was the first big step in that destruction. And I, I mourn that, but, um, if I could go back and tell 18 or 19 year old me, I would say, don't fucking pay it. It's a waste of money anyway, but that you that's a live and learn. But, uh, I wish I could go back and look at 18 or 19-year-old you and go, you know what? You're fucking awesome. And you're so awesome that your fucking parents are jealous. Okay? Because they couldn't duplicate your awesomeness with their second kid. And now, I don't they, gotta steal, they gotta steal your fucking slack. Okay? And have you do what their job is because you're that fucking awesome. You must be a better parent too. So we're gonna have you do that. I don't want to shit on my brother, but uh, Raz did talk. Uh, we started dating at 19, and he did talk me into not paying for my brother's last semester in college. And somehow yeah. my parents mm -hmm. miraculously had the money to pay it then. But um, anyway, get in there, No, and your parents. You know what? Sadar, your parents are shit. Like, they tried their hardest to ruin your marriage plans when they met me. Okay, we're, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Yeah. That's still a funny... It's still funny. They actually tried. They love me. I know. Sadar's parents love me. They love me. Everybody loves a cripple. Everybody... Well, no, yeah, I was crippled when I met them, actually. But yeah, it, it wouldn't matter if you rolled in just a torso in a box. They would have loved you <laughs> for no other reason than where you're from. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know, because but... your dad looked at me and said, I wish you were marrying you. And I was already married. I'm like holding my youngest daughter. Yeah. He's like, I wish you would have married you. I'm like, OK. <laughs> if there's any doubt that my parents are shit there. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. And and by the way, listeners, Raz and I laugh about this story too. So you know, I'm not I'm not hitting on his uh, on Sadar here. We've been friends for twenty years, and certainly not with your wife. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. This is very true. Either way, folks, thank you so much for joining us down another rabbit hole of things that didn't have to really do with anything about the stories we were reading. And uh, here we are in the subcockles of Reddit. I'm getting a tap on the shoulder trying to exit the show out. But what 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 do you need? I just have to say, Sadar, there is something that is ridiculously magical about Dizzy. If you say so. I, I, I know a lot of people get it. I'm just not one of them. Nah. 
well, it, it, when it, when when you go there, like you feel it, and I don't know what it is. I think they must pump like uh, some sort of drug in the atmosphere that circles around Orlando, Florida. But um, there is something kind of magical about Disney. I take your word well, for it. Abraca freaking dabra, folks. On that note, thank you again for joining us, Buck and Sadar. Uh, on the subcockles of Reddit, I am Buck, and I am not as thick as you stoned I am. And Sadar is signing out totally tober. Thanks again for joining us. Please tune in, listen to us on the Social Liability Podcast with my buddy Raz and I on all the platforms where you can listen to this one. Like and follow us, and join us next time on the subcockles of Reddit. Maybe next time my face won't be numb from the wine. <laughs>